Leadership File on Premier. So it's great to welcome you to the Leadership File. Every week, thousands listen via the 4pm show or download the show at some time during the week, literally from all around the world. I'm Andy Peck, your host, looking forward to another conversation to encourage you in your leadership. You will know, I'm sure, that there's something of a gap in the demographic of the church in the UK. Historically, one of the highest ages of drop-off is around 18 to 21, when the offspring of church members reach an age and situation in life when they feel able to choose more easily whether to attend church or not. Consequently, many churches know that reaching young adults is a top priority. Ten years ago, 96% of church leaders said that reaching young adults is among their top priorities, but only 11% felt well reserved to do so. So this week I'm joined by the leader of a charity that has reaching and equipping young people and students at the heart of its ministry. It's called One Life and it has a crystal clear goal. One Life exists to equip young people and students to become exceptional leaders in every sphere of society. So I'm looking forward to unpacking this and developing some of the implications for Christians in leadership with the Executive Director, Liz Bewley. So lovely to welcome you, Liz, to the Leadership Farm. Thank you for having me. This is great. So your, your journey into One Life first, uh, Liz. Yes, okay, so it all began for me in the back of a church um, where there was a porter cabin, which was where I spent my days as a youth pastor. Uh, I was a youth pastor for 11 and a half years before moving to One Life, but my, the moment that I first connected with One Life, so it would be about 2009, and I want you to picture the scene after a, probably a very long day with lots of different teenagers coming in and out. There's a kind of smell of like mixture of Haribo pizza and slightly B.O.E. sort of odour going on in the room. And I'm heavily pregnant with my first child due to be going on maternity leave. Everyone else has gone. All the lights are out. The rain has started to come down. And in the corner of my office, there's a stack of youth work magazine, um, all still in its cellophane, desperately waiting for me to try and get to it. But I hadn't had the time to read it. So I thought, I've got to get to this. So I sit down and I open up a youth copy of youth work magazine and out falls this glossy flyer. And you need to know before I say about this flyer is my, my massive passion and what I was kind of pouring my heart out as a youth pastor was about raising young people up to lead. So giving them responsibility, backing them, but also helping them really thrash out issues like integrity and character and all the unseen stuff. And uh, out falls this leaflet of this thing called One Life. And I glance at the vision and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me, that's my vision. And, uh, and on the front of this uh, glossy, um, glossy leaflet was inviting you to a conference was this young dynamic guy holding a microphone with a big lanyard and black and white photo. And it was of course, Pete Winter, who's the founder of One Life. And I'd love to say that in that moment, it was like, wow, I've got to go and connect with these people. They're speaking my language. But honestly, I sat there tired uh quite uncomfortable a bit fed up and just went oh because you know they're at st andrew's chorley wood and oh they're fancy and they get a flyer and a conference no one sees what i'm doing no one knows about poor old me and uh thankfully very quickly the holy spirit just uh pointed out to me that it that wasn't the response that god was looking for and that these were a group of people that i needed to connect with 
but I was due to go on maternity leave. So uh, I couldn't shake it though. So I sent a guy that I was training up to be a youth pastor to go and take a load of my young leaders to their conference. And I went off on maternity leave and could have nothing to do with it and just had to lay it down. But whilst I was on maternity leave, my husband basically didn't let up and said, you need to connect with this Pete Winter guy. He's speaking your language. You need to go and do it. And eventually, slightly stubbornly, um, as I came back off maternity leave, I dropped Pete an email, was met with such warmth and encouragement that met him for coffee and told him my story as a youth pastor and honestly I was driving to Watford because I was in St Barnabas in North Finchley that's the church that I was at and I was driving the sh quite a short distance to Watford and I said to God God if in 10 years time um, I can I can input into the conference I think I've got something to offer I can be involved in one life if in 10 years time then that's all my goals as a youth pastor I would love that and I meet with Pete and share my story, I felt massively encouraged. And he just turned to me and said, look, we've got next month, we've got a conference happening. Would you and your husband come and come and speak about, at this point, my husband was an actor and about being Christians in the arts. And uh, and suddenly it was like a fast forward and I was swept up into this um, this community that um, was like, it was a movement of people who shared this passion. But as I walked into, um, as I walked into the conference, it was like I was greeted like royalty, but treated like family. And there was this incredibly strong culture. Um, and so I began my journey with One Life really on the other side of the fence as a youth pastor, going to their conferences, going on their learning communities um, and experiencing the support and the encouragement really that, um, yeah, that it became so that was such a focus of One Life's vision for me. Yeah. Oh, wonderful, Liz. It's lovely to hear. And uh, I think all magazine advertisers will be delighted that a flyer <laughs> <laughs> kind of worked worked its magic in you. So that's, that's lovely to hear. And, and lovely to sense your enthusiasm already for what we're going to be talking about, which, you know, strategically in our nation is, is such a crucial area because you'll know that the, the stats regarding uh, declining numbers of youth are very gloomy. Appreciate that, you know, stats are stats. You can't always be totally sure whether they're representative, but we know that the challenge is on. So exciting to, to hear how you got involved. Now, talk us about the kind of things that One Life do. We've, we've had Pete Winter on the Leadership Farm in the past, some years ago, talking about the School of Leadership. So I'll mm. encourage, I would encourage listeners to, to go back to the archive and if you want a more detail on the School of Leadership. So Liz may just mention that briefly, mm. but the kind of things that you do in one life that mm. I love that crystal clear vision, one life exists to equip young people and students to become exceptional leaders in every sphere of society. So tell us about the things, things you do to do that. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, the School of Leadership, that's really, we, we often call that our furnace. It's a very special week-long residential for 17 to 25s. We usually say to 25s, but we honestly, we've had 28-year-olds there before just saying <laughs> we really want to come and we've kind of gone, OK, let's make this work. And it's because it really, the content isn't, doesn't really have an age restriction, It's just, except for being if you're too young, because it's always challenging to delve into character development, to delve into that kind of sense of how can I grow more in my character in the unseen and so it's a very special residential where it's like a, a deep deep dive for um, that older age range of young people to go further to think what does it look like for me to lead as I step into perhaps my career as I go into university as I go and I think about you know maybe I want to go into politics or want to go into the healthcare what does it look like for me to lead um, as G in Jesus's footsteps really as he would have me lead to release some of the kingdom of God in that space and so that's an exciting week that we do that, um, that Pete would have already mentioned and um, we also have a 
a conference which is for the other end it's for our sort of 14 to 18 ish but again we get some 12 year olds coming in with their youth pastors and that's for the light bulb moments to happen so that's for the young people that had never even considered themselves to be a leader um, and, and it's in that space that we unpack this word leadership which we essentially believe that leadership is influence um, it's that great uh, quote from John Maxwell that says leadership is one life influencing another life and we love it because he says our name in it um, but it's in those spaces that we get to thrash out with really young guys like what does it look like for me to actually intentionally bring something different into a room because of my relationship with Jesus and so we gather together churches often have about 200 young people and, and team and again it's a kind of family experience where for a few days we track together through the bible through um, uh, stuff that they can explore to get to know themselves better like Myers-Briggs or communication and conflict so those are those they're kind of the two kind of gathering points that we have um, and then particularly now with COVID-19 we had a lot of change happen back in March when suddenly if everything we're about is about connecting and being face to face with people well we had a problem and so we had to really seek God for how do we back youth pastors now through this time where we can't physically be in the same space. So um, we launched online gatherings for youth pastors. Everything One Life does is through the local church. So we want to be constantly backing um, those who are on the ground with the young people day in, day out. And so we gather, we gathered youth pastors every month and we're still doing it just to give them ready to use resources, but also to really give them a space where they can continually grow in their leadership, in their uh, grow and develop their character as they develop the character of those in front of them with the teenagers. We also now have, um, we've just this month launched our training for youth pastors. So we run a, a professional development certificate in leadership course uh, that launched in January last week in fact and so we're taking 15 churches through a period of online learning until July um, really again as an opportunity for them to kind of uh, step into prof professional development develop their character and think how can I raise up young people to lead um, how can I build up teams how can I invest in volunteers really to see a sort of thriving youth ministry come out of this time so school leadership conference we do a certificate an online gathering um, and also the biggest thing for us that came out of lockdown was uh, for over 11 years that, that One Life has existed. Um, we've got loads of different resources and material that we've written and some of those in the past have been on the back of napkins and you know only just been in one person's head and we thought enough of this we need to not be a bottleneck we need to be ready to give this away to youth pastors. So over the years we've been developing that resource called the One Life Sessions and during Covid again we felt like God point to us to say we've, we've got to be ready to give this away even, even easier. So we began a project to film all of our resources uh, which we completed the first six um, so we're going to have three streams one for 11 to 14s one for 14 to 18s and one for 18 plus so that youth pastors student pastors or even young adults themselves can just click on some material a little bit like alpha and work through some leadership development that really explores faith character and gifting that sounds so really terrific. We are listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Liz Bewley. Liz is the Executive Director of uh, One Life, and we'll be back just after this. 
Welcome back to The Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Liz Bewley. Liz is the Executive Director of One Life, which exists to equip young people and students to become exceptional leaders in every sphere of society. We're talking before the break a little of how she got into this via having been a youth pastor herself and got excited particularly about enabling young people to take leadership where they are. And I love, Liz, the way that you describe the importance of influencing others because it kind of expands the concept of leadership and I guess for some young people who, who perceive that leadership is about a role, which of course it may be, you're, you're actually saying it, it could be a role, but actually it's about saying, how can I be of influence for good under God uh, in, the, in the circles that God has placed me? And for some that'll be in a Christian union as they're at university. For some it'll be as they're going into the workplace, etc. Absolutely. Yeah, that that is our backbone, really. Um, of course, leadership is about a position and status that happens and that you're given um, by other people. But essentially, as you say yes to Jesus, you're, you're partnering with the King of Kings, you're partnering with someone who can do immeasurably more. And um, and that whole call of, you know, go and make disciples of all nations is, is, is essentially leadership. And again, we can wait for that. And often we can put that on other people and say, let's, well, you, you know, do that when you're older. And that looks like this course or that looks like having this particular conversation and, and all of that yes but we kind of leave out a big chunk if we, if um, leadership isn't I don't know the, the the 12 year old boy who's coming home and instead of just ignoring his mum or thinking you know I'll just come you know grunt at her and then go off and go and play on my playstation actually pausing and saying hi mum how was your day can I make you a cup of tea like can you imagine the impact that would have on the mum in the family home and of course that feels very small but actually for that guy he's taking responsibility responsibility for how he comes across in a room with in a space that's someone one of the hardest with with our own family home um, and yeah so leadership being influenced opens it up to much more of a discipleship process and an opportunity to partner with God in every space we find ourselves in so from leadership angle yourself what have been the sort of challenges that you faced uh, yeah I think for me personally the biggest challenge uh, you heard my story stepping into um, out of youth ministry into into one life was just a real sense of the Lord leading me and my husband to move home move church move role change our kids schools um, but one of the real crunch points was actually stepping into the role as director because I never stepped into one life it wasn't my plan to go and come and be director I was that wasn't on the on the agenda I wanted to just become a be part of team and my husband um, has had just launched his own business as well uh, a few years earlier basically I felt the Lord uh, putting it on me that I was supposed to take over from Pete we were busy looking around saying who's going to take over from Pete he was leading the charity on a day a week we knew we needed to to bring in another um, director I was looking around going who's it going to be and uh, we were actually in a, in a conference in Scotland and we were about to sing the song by Hillsong um, Oceans and I was quite looking forward to singing it because you don't often get to sing it in a congregational setting and and it and it's the the, the worship leader started to play it and said uh, and the word came out about being out of your depth and you know take take me into that space god where i'll trust you i can't remember the actual lyrics now uh, and i and i knew in that moment that jesus was saying to me liz i want you to step into this role and i couldn't sing the song anymore because i was like no mm. no um i can't do that like steward started traveling with his business it was a stretch uh, with the children as it was and I, and I desperately wanted to lead in our family not have my children feel like they were second to anything that was going on with one life and uh, and so I was like, no, that you can't be asking me to do this. And so I phoned Stu, and I said to him, I think I think God's just said to me, I'm supposed to lead one life. 
And he and instead of saying, no, you couldn't have heard right, I've got this trip and this is going on with the business, he just said to me, I've been waiting for you to realise it was you. Uh, and then because I had to do a double check, I phoned my mum because um, I thought Stu might not be quite, you know, tuning in to the Lord <laughs> either. And uh, so I phoned my mum and she said, the word for word, I've been waiting for you to realise it should be you. But I think it was that um, obedience in stepping into that call actually had to be outworked. And I'm, I remember sort of saying to the trustees, I step into this, but my children have to know that they're first. And so I do this role um, within the school run um, and it's part time. And on and, and one level, on a good day, I know that that keeps one life fully in God's hands. I can't try and build an empire because I, I have very limited capacity. Um, and it means that I have to trust him to open up doors for us and opportunities and uh, enable connections when I often have to say no to invitations or things that I think, oh, this would be really good. And on a bad day, that just feels a bit hard and it feels like, um, it, you know, it feels like I'm missing out. But it's it's also a privilege. It's a privilege in an organisation that talks about leading in every sphere. And one of those spheres is family. If I am thrashing out constantly how on earth we lead well in our family um, and sometimes feeling like I'm getting it wrong all the time, then we're sharing those stories, hopefully modelling something to the younger generation. And my, my prayer is that, you know, One Life stays firmly um, in, in the, in the centre of God's will rather than just what I want or my agenda. So that's how I thrash that. that but that's definitely one of the biggest challenges for me is doing it as, as a mum and working as well. And in terms of the kind of millennial generation, which you'll be aware has had a bit of a bad rap, uh, seen as the me generation by some, mm. and I don't want to make any assumptions in my question, but I just wonder how you've found working with young people, some of whom perhaps see leadership as a, a kind of a pathway towards their own identity and being someone, which sometimes feeds into that myth of, you know, if I'm on a, a leadership, in a, in a leadership role, then I'm going to be deemed to be worth something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really important thing to address. And I think, you know, you say these phrases that have, have gone over that generation of me first generation. And I think what's fascinating is that that generation um, and some younger have been have been told consistently, you can go and do anything you want to do and, and be anyone you want to be. Um, but instead of that being a blank page for freedom and wow, you can you know do anything as long as it makes you happy, it's actually it's terrifying because when things like COVID hit, where does that leave you? Um, leaves you totally lost. Um, leave, and what? How do you tackle life when things don't go your way and you can't reach for what you thought you could reach for? Um, it really leaves them quite ill-equipped. Um, what when that generation, when that young person or that millennial um, meets with Jesus, uh, they decide discover that they're known that they've got a purpose and a call and a security and identity is is already there that there's a whole different almost like rewiring that goes on and what's what's a privilege for us is we actually we meet them after they've been introduced to Jesus because one life works with Christians we're often we're not so much like an evangelistic organization rather a discipleship organization um, that where um, we, we meet with young people when they've just stepped into that space and they're like wow and it's our job and our role to unpack that so what is discipleship what does that look like in a day-to-day -day basis because discipleship and leadership go hand in hand um, what does influence mean what does that look like in the unseen spaces of every day where it's far less about the big fancy word leadership and the spotlight and much more about that at that 12 year old boy making that cup of tea when no one else is going to see for instance 
Um, and I think it's also not a model of let's hold our breath until Sunday where someone will pray for you and you know you, you can get through. This is uh, the way that we do our kind of leadership development, our discipleship is, is that it's, it's about a model that means that they can go and walk with Jesus in the day to day. Um, and I think some of the challenges with that, honestly, one of the biggest has been um, the stuff we're seeing more and more now um, uh, around the digital pull and social media and just unhealthy habits that we're recognising are having quite a bad, well, hugely a bad effect, both physically and spiritually. But it's one that we can speak into because it's not just from a spiritual perspective, but actually there are psychologists and there's doctors and many, many people who are starting to say we need to have healthy ways to handle the digital pull. One of the other biggest challenges has actually been where those millennials find themselves um, uh, within their church setting and that where really we've created this kind of um, journey if you like that I think Covid put shone a spotlight on and we found ourselves with a lot of consumers and crowds rather than disciples and it feels like Covid showed us that without realising it we'd got very very good at gathering crowds and less good at actually equipping young people to be disciples resilient disciples of Jesus who can then go and lead in their everyday and that I think is one of has been one of our most recent kind of like eyes open moments where it's just realising where that generation are at in terms of their own walk with Jesus and how we then come alongside and equip them to go and to go and lead. Well, it's a joy to chat with you, Liz. We've just, just time for one more question, and that is really the kind of things that some of the people who graduated for some of your ministry has gone on to do. I don't know if you're able to share a few stories. You could be anonymise them if you like. Oh, yes, I really enjoyed this question. Um, and uh, uh, But the problem is you can't step into my head and pull out all the memories. But yeah, I can I can tell you about Audrey, who is now um, working with a global company involved in sustainability. They're actually working with Amazon um, and, and aiming to make Amazon uh, uh, sustainable. Um, you've, I can tell you about Joel, who's a paramedic. Um, I can tell you about Gwen, who's finishing training as a doctor, uh, aiming to go into palliative care within the children's ward. Um, and I can tell you about Jacob, who's in the army. And, and for you, these are just different names. But for me, they're, they're stories of different young people who we got to meet, who were hungry for more. And uh, and, and then honestly, one of the biggest privileges is, is tracking with these guys and hearing their stories that we don't prompt them with, we don't give them a script with, but it's how it lands. It's hearing um, from Jumana, who's, who's now a, a, a qualified dentist, of how when she came on the School of Leadership, when she learnt about vulnerability and leadership and how that can impact how she handles people who are in authority over her um, and how she, she learnt about herself by exploring Myers-Briggs with us and how that helped her handle the pressures of, of her day. And that that's the stuff that floors me is, you know, we, we love this stuff. We've sat in it for years, but it's when you see it played out first in these young people's lives, but then also into the spheres that they go and walk into. That's what is just a total privilege. Well, thank you, Liz. And as, as leaders are listening to this, hopefully they've got Im images in their minds of, of people that they've blessed too, but also people in their congregation at the moment who they need to be equipping and helping to these kind of things. Mm. So if one life is the route for some of them, or at least to be encouraged towards, how would they get in touch? Yeah, the best way, particularly at the moment, because we're all working from home, is uh, you can email us at info at onelifeleaders.com um, or you can visit our website to find out more about us. That's onelifeleaders.com. Um, we do have an office and a phone number, but no one's there at the moment. 
Sure. Well, Liz, it's a total joy to chat with you and exciting, uh, particularly at this strategic time in our nation as we are in lockdown but look forward to something mm. new, we hope, yeah. within youth and children's work and beyond and for the church in the UK, for you to be uh, uh, at this key place of, of equipping young people in this way. So thank you so much for all you've shared. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Do uh, log on to Premier's own website, find archived versions of the Leadership File. Uh, you can also download via, some of you already have done this, via a podcast or whatever on iTunes or Podbean or Spotify or other places where podcasts are available. I look forward to your company again next Sunday at four. Thanks for tuning in. Music.